This is the Blue Room. One hour, everything Everton. Radio City Talk. It is the Blue Room on Radio City Talk with me, Peter McPartland. I'm joined in the studio by Matt Jones this week. Matt, it seems like when we've got very little to talk about, people just disappear. Yeah, it's- the- it's a shame, really, isn't it? They leave, leave us, us be. The, yeah, leave us in the lurch. They leave they? us so that we have to become creative and come up with uh, special things to talk about on the show. We're not very good at that, are we? <laughs> no, really? we're, 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 yeah, we've been racking our heads for the for the last couple of days, but um, obviously um, it is International Week, so we're probably best just talking about International Week to start the show um, for the first part anyway. Part two, we'll be having a little look at the season so far. It's probably a good time to uh, step back and have a little look at, at Everton so far. And obviously in part three as well, we'll be looking forward to Saturday's three o'clock kickoff. A Saturday three o'clock kickoff, Matt. Against Manchester United. It's weird that we've not had one against them like that for ages, have we? It's been it's been a very, very long time. A very, very long time since we've played Manchester United on a Saturday. Um I feel like we're padding already in this show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start let's start with some of the internationals because we are getting down now to obviously the most important time for the for the qualifiers. A lot of teams have already qualified. A lot a lot will be hoping to qualify for um over the next couple of days. Um a little radio secret here. We are pre-recording on a Monday night, so <laughs> we're not we're not we're not sure of every single result. Um, but if we can start with England and we go back to the game on Friday. Obviously, Ross Barkley played and was given man of the match by by Glenn Hoddle, mm. someone who really really likes um, Ross Barkley. In fact, you can you can imagine <laughs> you can imagine Glenn Hoddle as the type of England manager who would really really look after. Ross Barkley and and nurture him. It's that's not something you can necessarily be said of Roy Hodgson. But Roy Hodgson was funny because you know after the Estonia game, he he really did like tried to take the credit for <laughs> for Ross Barkley's development. You know, he was he was trying to make it sound like yeah we, we you know we've been looking after him for a couple of years and we've been watching his development and we've got him to this point. Um, Roy, if that's how you feel, if that's what you think, then that's fair enough. But I'm not quite sure on that. Yeah, it it made me laugh the way you were saying about the way they're encouraging to to take chances on the ball and and, and you know try different things in the opposition third. Because remember when he came on against Scotland in that friendly and he tried to do a dribble in the attacking third and Hodgson was was ratting the raven at him on the on the touchline. Yeah. So it's, you know, come on, Roy, which which way do you want it? Do you want him to try these things? Do you want to play it safe? But no, it was it was encouraging to see um, the, the last game England played against Switzerland. Uh, I remember saying during the game that it was it was noticeable that Barkley didn't quite have that same swagger in England shirt yet. He's for Everton this season. He seems to have, have, have realised that it's going to be him that needs to do things for Everton. He needs, he needs to get games by the scruff of the neck, and, and you can see that in his performances. He's, he's he's been really really good. But for England, I don't think he quite had it yet. There was still signs. His, his head was down. He was he was making poor decisions. He was running into traffic, and it, it, it's something that's obviously going to come with time. It's it's a completely different experience, obviously playing at Wembley in front of ninety thousand people. But like you said, there against Estonia on a on Friday, he was outstanding. He was commanding the ball, committing defenders. And what I liked most about his performance was not only the, the pass which he played through to to walk off of the, the goal, it was it was the way he was seeing those passes all evening and those little gaps in a packed defence. And that's something we've touched upon the season before and how he's a player who, because we didn't sign this creative, you know, number 10 type that Martinez was after, that needs to shoulder a lot more of the, the creative burden this season. And he, he's doing that. And he, the fact that he can do it for England as well, 
against a team like Estonia, who aren't the greatest, but they put men behind the ball, mm. they made it hard for England, and he was still threading little passes through to the attacking players. To be fair, I thought defensively they were okay, so mm. I think he, he did okay. You can clearly see, you know, you mentioned before about, I think it was in Scotland, wasn't it, and Roy Hodgson was ranting and raving because he mm. gave a pass away, and you know, he, he, that worried me at the time, because I'm thinking, if this is the man who's handling handling an international level and is is sort of trying to dictate on what he needs to do to become an England player. That worried me that way that would change his game, you know, club level as well, if he felt like that's what he had to do. Because let's be honest, right, how many players have we seen go and play for England and have to almost change the style? I mean, the classic one is Paul Scholes, probably the best player of his generation, a player who players in other countries absolutely rave about. You know, we... We in this country, or certainly some people in this country, look at Paul Scholes and they just seem as if they played play Manchester United who scored great goals. But in other countries, they look at Paul Scholes and think he's he is a player who could have played in the best Barcelona team. He's absolutely <laughs> revered. Uh, he's up there with Zidane for that kind of, for players of his generation. And we pigeonholed, we put him on the left and we put him on the right. We never ever built a team about him. It was always about other players. It was always about pace and power rather against the finesse. And I worried about that that could happen to Ross Barkley in this England team. Um and it you could see it you could see it on on Friday night where he started the game quite quite slowly. Um he tried things, but what I was really happy about was he kept on uh, he kept on um trying mm. and it, it's it's interesting because it depends what perspective you know if you watch, watched on TV you would have got Glenn Hoddle's perspective who encourages that kind of thing but I was listening to the radio p- part of the radio commentary of the game um, and the people who were commentating on the game you know they, they, they were the other way he's losing the ball too much he's overdoing it too much he's he's not a team player he's not keeping the ball enough mm. and I just thought you've got it completely wrong, and you know, <laughs> it just struck me that these were the play. Funny enough, one of the, you know one of them was Chris Waddle, which I was slightly slightly yeah. slightly surprised by. But you think to yourself, you know, that's that's exactly that's the English mentality. Whereas other countries encourage players to have the ball and use the ball. Yeah. And as he got as he was allowed in this game because it wasn't there wasn't any massive importance. England have obviously already qualified by this point. You could see him growing into the game and you know he set that first goal up and it was you know it was a fantastic little ball. But he'd probably tried that ball on other occasions or certainly seen that picture in his head. But it just didn't work out. But the more he does it and the more he got he's given confidence to do that, the more it'll come off for him. That's it. That's that's the thing with Barkley, isn't it? It's confidence and we we've always said, even though he, you know, the, the way he plays the game is quite bullish, and he plays with with a panache. He seems like quite a sensitive lad. Do something, you know, if a manager was having a go at him on the sidelines, or or he did hear people saying you're giving the ball away too much. That's the sort of thing that could affect him. And the way Hodgson did seem to be with him at times, you can think back to that Scotland game. Uh, you think back to the the game when he, he played against uh, Ecuador for England in the World Cup, and he he started the match and had a, had a fantastic game, and there's a quite there's a clamour for him to get in the team. Yeah, and Hodgson came out afterwards and said, no, 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 he still got got to do this, this, this. I wasn't happy with these sorts of things. And you think someone like someone like Ross Barkley, if he hears those sorts of criticisms, mm-hmm. that that's not going to spur him on. It's going to inhibit him, and it's going to it's going to stop him from from playing to his best. Because the reason he's done so well on the Martinez, I think, is because. He does big him up so much. Yeah. He gives him confidence to go out well, and try these things on listen, the pitch. He, he said when he missed the penalty that that was the best thing for him. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> yeah. he turned a, he turned a negative 
into a positive. You know, he said, well, he'll learn from that. He'll learn more from missing than he will from scoring it. Yeah. You know, he, he will turn any negative into a positive. And that, that's what's great for Ross Barkley. But at the end of the day, you know, Ross Barkley probably... I mean, at the, it's easy... See, what I'm thinking here is it's easy to dismiss England. It's easy to say we don't care about England. It's easy from our point of view to say it's all about Everton. But a lot of the times, I, I often think the internationals are really are really important to Everton and Everton players because if we can't, as a club, necessarily give them what they want trophy-wise or Champions League-wise or just European football, they've got to get it from somewhere else. They've got yeah. to get that sort of change of scenery from somewhere else. And in, playing for England is obviously that change of scenery that these players need. So when our players do get in the England squad, it, it, I know it's a double-edged sword because a lot of people say, well, yeah, but when they go away, they'll get tapped up or, you know, they'll speak to speak to so-and-so who they probably think they're better than and he's playing in the Champions League. But imagine if these lads weren't getting games for England either. They would be absolutely stifled and they oh, yeah. that's when they would start thinking, I need to get something I need to get where if I, I need to move just to get England recognition yeah. you know it's a huge thing playing in a, in a tournament for you for your country you know whether it ends up brilliantly or ends up badly just to play say at the end of your career you know I've played in one or two or three it, that that must be a massive motivating feature so having a manager who doesn't encourage <laughs> the best in you and thinking you've got to tailor your game to that manager to get in that squad that must be you know that that must be a, a big factor in some of these players. So I'm glad that Ross played his own game on Friday and and uh, rose above it all. Yeah, the, the thing is, if you've got an attacking midfield player, he's doing something wrong. I know it sounds daft, but he's doing something wrong if he's not giving the ball away every now and then because you want him to yeah. be you want him to be taking risks, trying to do, do play through balls, trying to have shots at goal from from those sorts of positions. So if he's not squandering possession every now and then, you know, not not every player is David Silver who. As a ninety-five percent pass rate, but how old? I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, but how old Silva? He's thirty now. What was he doing when he was twenty-one? Exactly. Who dared of him when he was twenty-one? Exactly. You know, this kid's in the spotlight. That's the difference. I think you know. Yeah. I I see the strides he's made just in the beginning of this season, and I think if he plays all season, what will he be like when he gets to those Euros? Yeah. I think he could. You know, I think you get to March, April time. And I think you've got that. Um, you're a bit too young for this, but you've got that Gaza syndrome that we had. You know what? Before you know, before 1990, Gaza wasn't a shoe in to go to that World mm. Cup, but he took a couple of games by the scruff of the neck. I think one was Turkey, and he really did. He he pushed himself in. You know, I mean, I mean, even remember Wayne Rooney when he was 16. You know, he went to play train for England, and um, some of the players couldn't believe what he was doing and they sort of force the manager's hand in to say you've got to play this player and I think by the time we get to March April I think Ross Barkley will be in a similar position as well to yeah. to that to the to to have that um well ho- hopefully because you know you mentioned there about international football and, and, and how important to this for Everton and I, I look at the the way our, our players have done this week and you think Barkley's had a man of the match performance against Estonia. James McCarthy was absolutely superb for Ireland mm. on Thursday against Germany. Coleman had a good game last night for Ireland. Mm. So all these players have gone away, done well, and it keeps the momentum going for them. And, and, and ultimately, playing international football should be improving players like that because it, it's, it's a different style to the Premier League. It's more technical. It's more about keeping the ball. And these players should learn things from, from, from these sorts of games. I know we all get a little bit worried about 
players getting injured and, and not playing away. But saying that, the, the way our, yeah. our injury record is probably safer yeah. off in England. Yeah, instead yeah. Of well, staying on the England arm, theme yeah. for just a moment, obviously Phil Jagielka, big congratulations to him, captain in the England team. Mm. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, I think he should be captain, captain in the England team regularly because... Yeah. Um, say what you like about him I know he's make, make, made the scapegoat obviously in the last tournament uh, in the World Cup but you know this season has been absolutely brilliant and the partnership he's got with Stones I know we're biased but really that should be the starting partnership for me because I think if you you know if you're an international team and you can keep as many look at look, you know look at Spain yeah. you know if you can keep as many in, uh, club partnerships as possibly on that pitch that doesn't half make a difference you know and um, I think him and Stones at the back for England should really be going in, you know We've seen, Kale seen him playing for Chelsea. He's poor, you know, small, and for me, he's still got a lot to do. But I think as a partnership, Jagielka and Stones have proved that you know they're, they're as good as anyone. Yeah. And you, maybe maybe Jagielka when he's away on his own, he's not the same player as when he is when he's in a partnership. Probably the same when he's with Lescott. Mm. You know, you took him away from Lescott, but when they were together, they were absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, th- I think you might be doing a little bit disservice the there. I think one of his the main reasons he's been so good this season is. Well, for me, anyways, the, the, every time we've, I think he's probably the only defender in our team that's played at every every game, is he? And we've been a lot better at the back this yeah. season. I think that is down a lot to him, and is is I know he gets criticised for not being vocal or, or not com- being confrontational, but you can see the way he is with Stones. He talks him through games when he's next to Galloway on on that left hand yeah. side of the back four. He talks him through yeah. matches, and he did the same he's, with Funes Mori yeah. as well. Yeah, he's a, but, he's a he's a leader from that yeah. point of view. And, and you you mentioned there about the partnerships having having him and Stones at the back together for England. They complement each other so well in terms of Jagi Elk is more the enforcer, the more physical defender, and Stones, which we, we just mentioned before about how important it is to, to keep possession and use the ball while at international level. England should be having him in their back four. I know he's not been fit for this time, but he should be in that team every single week for me yeah. now because he's the be- he's probably been one of the best defenders in the country and he gives you something different in that position. He can carry the ball forward, he can drop it up into midfield, he can play in the fullbacks on, on, the, on the angle. So, for me, I completely agree. It should be the starting lineup, but yeah. I, I don't have the, no, I don't have the favourite hardship for it to be. It won't now. be. It won't be because you know how it, how it is. Um, you mentioned James McCarthy there, and obviously Seamus Coleman. Mm. Two big positives again. James McCarthy, but uh, fantastic against Germany. It's um, awesome. One of the best players playing I've seen playing in his own position. Yeah. Basically, that's why yeah. because he's playing in his own position. Look at their midfield as well: Tony Cruz, <laughs> Goethe, Gundogan, Royce. Ozil, it's, you know. As I say, playing in his own position, and and obviously Seamus Coleman coming back is a massive boost for us as well. Coming back, playing that game um, against Poland, started off a little bit slow, but got into it, made yeah. some really good, you know, late late last ditch tackles towards the end as well, which is positive. Means his fitness is there, um, so they've got a playoff obviously to come as well. It, you know, there's some some very average teams in there, but I wouldn't surprise me if they got like Sweden or <laughs> or uh, Holland. And so, there's been some, there's been a lot of injuries on this international break, so I'm quite thankful that we've uh, we've managed to get through it unscathed. Well, fingers crossed, anyway. That uh, yeah, might, this might be going out tomorrow, and one of the players might have uh, done, done, done an injury against Lithuania. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Um, obviously, brilliant, brilliant that Northern Ireland have got through as well. Um, commiserations to Scotland, being very Scottish oh. against uh, Poland as well. Mm. Naismith scored against Gibraltar, but that's yeah. here on there. I think we really count, we'd score it? against Gibraltar. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to mention, very finally, uh, Wales, absolutely mm. delighted. I mean, obviously, we can see Wales from here. Uh, at the top <laughs> of the tower, we can see it. So it's. I think, you know, 
it's great that they've got there finally when you think of the fact that Southall and Ratcliffe and then you you know you go on the other side Rush and Mark Hughes and Pathfinder now and people like this never got to a tournament with the, you know those kind of players and you think this 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 team it's fantastic that they've got there and you know Gary Speed the man who started it all mm. off you know you, you I know I know the, what there was people you know plenty said about him on social media and stuff after they'd won but it is really important to remember that he started it all really he got the ball yeah. rolling he he sort of changed things around and gave them a, the positive outlook that they needed to um to drive forward and you know but you know Coleman's been fantastic and took yeah. it on and, and got them got them there well he, I think he gave a lot of the young players a chance didn't he speed in that team and they've kind of grown together as as a side and you think the likes of um, everyone goes on about Gareth Bale, but they only con- they only conceded something like yeah. five goals in the whole in the whole qualifying. They are they are a team, and he just adds that little bit of stardust, doesn't he? And yeah. Like you said, they've, they've had a, a tough time with with what happened to Speed and Coleman came in and lost his first five yeah. games, didn't he? And you know, it's, it's it's good to see a new team there as well, isn't it? And it's better I, it's, than the same old faces. It's brilliant for us because if in, you know if you're not bothered about England, you can literally just drive thirty miles down the road <laughs> and you can be in a completely different country. Which I found out about when the Rugby World yeah. Cup was on. You know, <laughs> it's completely completely different, right? Uh, let's move on from the international scene. After the break, we'll be talking about Everton season so far. Don't go away. You're listening to the Blue Room. One hour, everything Everton. The Blue Room on Radio City Talk. Welcome back to the Blue Room on Radio City Talk. I nearly got it wrong there. I didn't, <laughs> couldn't even remember what it was there, Radio City Talk. Uh, it is me, Peter McPartland, and joined by Matt Jones in the studio. As I say, when it's International Week, they scatter. They all scatter. They all disappear. Um, we just just had a nice, you know, 17 minutes there. I know, about international we've just done 17 yeah. minutes on international football. How did we manage that? I don't know. We still have plenty to talk about as well. Um Let's let's talk about Everton's season so far. It is a good time to I think to reflect on what has been a pretty positive season so far. Um okay, maybe not all the results have gone the way we've wanted them to go. Maybe we could be doing better. But I think on the whole, we're looking at it quite positively as we go forward into the season. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're you know, top six going into this weekend against Manchester United. Um, if we can somehow stay there after the United game and the Arsenal game, and, and you look at our run up till Christmas, you think that's when that's when we can really push on. But there was a bit of doom and gloom, wasn't it? After the transfer window, we didn't really sign any any marquee players. A lot of us didn't feel as though we signed the players that that we really needed to to improve the first team. And there's, I think that that Chelsea game especially has uh, has, has helped turn everyone's mentality to, to to becoming a lot more positive because. The whole John Stone saga, the the way the players reacted to that, the way he's reacted to that, the way the club dealt with that, I think it kind of gave everyone a little bit of a lift and, and everyone stood up, pushed pushed the chest out a little bit and uh, we, we've kind of gone from there and it's um, the, the young players I think has, has been the most positive mm. thing for me, the way players like Brendan Galloway have come into the team and excelled, Tyus Brown has been brilliant. Uh, Gerard Delafeu looks like he's coming good again. Ross Barkley's been outstanding, and we're starting to see signs of life from Lukaku as well. And it's just encouraging if, if we can keep these these plays together and, and they can develop together as a team. Then it's uh, th- there's a lot to look forward to in, in the months to come. I think. Yeah, I think I don't think that I mean, we've talked about this before. I think the summer, you know, it felt like to me that um, it was all about making sure the players came back really fit this year because we we seen last year what 
what a, a sort of a fractured you know pre-season can be like I think Chelsea are suffering from a fractured pre-season yeah. now you know trying to do it I don't I, I don't know whether it's almost like they're trying to do it in a more scientific way but I'm missing sort of the whole point of it do you know what I mean mm. you know they're talking about I think um, I think Roberto Martins got caught from this last season about making sure the players peak at the right time and I don't think you can get away with that in the Premier League anymore. No. I think you've got to sort of peak on day one and keep that going until day 38. I think that's the way the Premier League is now. And that's where the squad comes important. You know, when you, when your players do have downtime or injuries or whatever, you, you've got to have a player stepping in. And I think that's I think that's what has been the difference so far this season. I think he got the players fit. I think they were already well-drilled on what they needed to do. And he's brought in squad players and obviously he's got the younger players that he knew more about than we did and he's been able to sort of you know use them in the right way so far and and that's really good because you know when you do look at that squad which we'll talk about more about the squad in a moment but when you look at that squad you just think look at the players we've got to come back yeah you know and look where we are now um and it just fills you with so much hope you know but Half time against Watford on the first day of the season, you know, I, I looked at it and I was just thinking, it's the same old, same old. We, you know, you'd think that the lessons would be have been learned in the summer, not you know they shouldn't be getting learned a half time on the first game of the season. But you know, for whatever reason, whether it was just because we just started slow that day, or whether Watford were on a high, or or may, maybe it was just I don't know the sort of the worry around the ground of what had happened the mm. season before. Once we got to the second week, we got to Southampton playing away from home. All those things just sort of slipped away, and playing away and playing on the counter attack, it suddenly brought out you know the best in us. Yeah. And pretty much we've carried that on so far. You know, for the since the games, then I think the games we've had have helped us in a, in a lot of ways as well. And when the fixtures came out, it was kind of doom and gloom because we were playing last season's top eight in, in the first ten games and. Mm. You're thinking where where are the points going to come from? We've we've not we've not really bolstered the squad enough. We've not got any, you know, we've not got any marquee players coming in. And but what what it's done, I think, apart from that Watford game, like you mentioned there, which was it was, it was a horrible day at Goodison. Really, mm. it was it, nothing like you said. Nothing felt like it had changed. The fans were getting annoyed. <laughs> but going to Southampton and, and playing like whatever's in a best that on the counter attack, it, it's it's kind of set the tone. And that was that was sort of a benchmark for this team and and how they should be playing going forward. And the games at Goodison, we've had City, and I know we lost there, but it was it was a, it was a good atmosphere. The Chelsea game, like I mentioned earlier, good atmosphere, positive, and, and the derby as well. Everyone's always united yeah. for that. So I think that those fixtures have, have kind of helped bring a bit more of a positive move back back to Goodison Park. And you know, it, it, it remains to be seen whether that'll that'll maintain when we play the likes of you know all, all due respect Aston Villa, Norwich, mm. the, those sorts of sides at home in, in in the weeks to come. But it's it's just for, for me, it's just it's just great to see. The, the spirit in the team as well and the way that we, we've come back in matches. Yeah. The last season at times we, we were awful in that sense. The, the players didn't really look fit. There's a lot of there's a lot of aging players in the team, the likes of our you know, Alcaraz and Distan have gone out the squad now and yeah. and we've brought this people like Funes Mori, Brownins playing in the back, Galloway's yeah. playing in the back and you mentioned there about us looking a lot fitter in games. That's gonna help it as well, bringing the average age of the squad down. You've got a lot more energy in mm. there. So it's 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 good in that sense, and and this like sorry, I went off points a bit there, but but the spirit side of it, there's there's a lot of games this season where we've we've gone behind in matches, and you look at it and you think last year we would have crumbled there either due to just 
no cohesion in our attack and play, a, a lack of confidence or just a, a lack of fitness because of the, the Europa League games. But this season, games against Liverpool, games against uh, on, on the open day, Watford in the cup games, West Brom, mm. we've come back in, into games and, and really responded well from, from conceding an early goal. I think as well, I mean, you know, you look at some of those games and there are there are moments. I mean, I, I think personally as well, I think Roberto Martinez himself has grown for me in stature this this season because of, of the way he's, he's he's set out the law mm. in many games. And, you know, you go back to Barnsley being 2-0 down a hard time. You know, he, he dragged McGeady off. He took Pennington off and, and, he, and he changed things. Um, we get back in the game and obviously we go on to win. And you know he, he, it was almost like that. He realised that he he'd made mistakes, but and he was willing to be ruthless about it as well. You know, he could have easily left McGeady on that day and said, "Well, he needs fitness and he needs to, you know, he needs to play these games." But he didn't. He said, "We need to win this game." You know, and that game as well. Obviously, we had the whole debacle over John Stones as well, and that game could have been the game where he said, "No, I'm going to leave John Stones out. He needs to clear his head." And he didn't. He said, I'm going to play him. He's an Everton player. He's not going to go anywhere. And, you know, a lot of people didn't believe it, but he, he stuck to it. And then, you know, we get the win. We go to Tottenham, you know, three days later. And and we we stuck it out for a nil-nil draw. And again, it felt like he was prepared to take the nil-nil draw, where last year he might have took chances. But there was a little bit more prag- pragmatism, which we'd been asking for all last season. He basically said, I'm taking a nil-nil here. Not only am I prepared to take a point, but I'm showing that my back four, or, yeah. or certainly my 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 centre halves, have been affected by all the speculation surrounding John Stones. That week could have been horrendous, <laughs> but he he turned it round and he made it a really good week. You know, he he did all the pressure was on. We'd just been beaten by Man City. You know, half time against Barnsley, we were two 0 down, and we got a trip to White Hart Lane, and it turned out not a bad week. You know, just before the international window, and and, and that really could have been the making or breaking of our season. And I think. I think it's been the making of us. Mm. I'm hoping it's going to be the making of our season because you know we keep all the John Stones, and suddenly things are looking so much more rosy. You know, you, we come back and we're facing Chelsea. First thing, we've, John Stones is in there. It's all been put to bed, and we go on and 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 um, you know beat them convincingly without any sort of problems. Well, just, and just imagine what that game would have been like if we'd sold him and. On, on the last day of the transfer window or later on the transfer window and we didn't have time to bring in any replacements and there was all the, 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 the stuff going on with the board and the planes going around. It would have all just, it, it would have been so volatile and, and everything would have been so precarious and the club just had to, just had to keep him, didn't they? And he's, fair play to the lad, you know, he, a lot of people weren't happy about him having the transfer request in it and wanting to leave mm. but he's been absolutely outstanding since then. He's not, not really put a foot wrong yeah, at all. It's all been he's forgotten. taken it all in his stride. But it's all been yeah. forgotten. I mean, you know, Players put transfer requests in. Steve Gerrard put two in. Yeah. Wayne Rooney's put transfer requests in at Man United. It happens. It happens in football. And what what I like is that Roberto Manez took it on himself that week. You know, the, the club were quiet. But I think they were quiet for a reason. They were quiet because it was all going to be down to Roberto Manez. He put took it all on his shoulders. And, you know, I think, you know, I think... The, We've done really well since then. I, I think that we could have, we could be done done better. I mean, Swansea was a prime one. You know, we went down there, we battered them second half, and really should have took the three points. Poor finishing, probably on the part mm. of Romelu Lukaku. But you know, we showed since then that he's he's you know he yeah. can be the real deal when he wants to. You know, it, it, sorry, I was just gonna say the, the encouraging thing for me is that we I don't think we've seen 
this team really click into gear as, as an attacking force yeah I think the, the defensive side has been really good and mm. there's been a lot of en- encouraging things in, in that sense but if you look at all our matches this season it's it's either been one or the other attacking player that, that, that that's like come to the fore and took the game by the scruff of the neck not really have they all kind of clicked into gear together yeah so when you get Barkley bossing the games, Delafeu driving from wide, and, and, and Lukaku being the force of nature that he's been in the last couple of games all together, then you know they're going to score a lot of goals mm. together. That, that that front three, and it's just about getting that balance on, on the wings. I don't think we've quite got it yet. He's uh, he's tried Naismith there, he's tried Delafeu there. Obviously, Morales. I think he needs to try wingers to there. To, yeah. be, to be honest, I think wingers <laughs> might might be good on the wing. I think that's again he's been been quite pragmatic mm. about it so far. He's he stuck out stuck players cleverly played it didn't yeah he's put on, players yeah. out there to do a job um some have worked some haven't worked so successfully you know Kone against Southampton was a brilliant foil yeah. for Romelu Lukaku so it's worked at times you know it, it, sometimes it works it's 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 getting it's getting the balance right it's knowing what games we can go hell, hell for leather where we can play a proper 4-3-3 and really have a go with mm. them and I think things like that uh you know you got to look it depends on sort of at times how Ross Barkley's playing. You know, I think he's he's sort of like the he's the key to a lot of those games. Whether it whether he's um, gonna you know whether he's gonna sit in and do his job or whether he's uh, he's gonna throw it all in. So it just depends, I suppose. But but I think that's good early on in the season. It's it's looking at all your options and seeing which one fits best. It's not just sticking to one plan. Again, something he we you know he had thrown on him last season. And letting it fail and fail and never change, and he's he is looking at different things. So I'm happy about that. But you know, we touched before about the squad, and you know, there are players that can come into this squad, and that's so you know refreshing. Mm. I mean, you know, in the last couple of games, Brown has playing been playing right back, and we've got uh, Seamus Coleman hopefully to come back at the weekend. John Stones is set to come in. Funes Mori's been defensively very very good, um, especially in the derby. You know, he, he got he mm. come into West Brom and sort of played grew in confidence and then Galloway you know who let's be honest if Leighton Baines comes back on Saturday <laughs> what does he do it would be harsh you? wouldn't it, it yeah would exactly it would be really in. really harsh you may, might have to start looking at playing Leighton Baines in a little bit more of a forward position or maybe a midfield position it's great all this because I think back to last season when we over Christmas and we, we had I think we had five losses in a row or four losses in a row and we were terrible I remember going mm. to to Hull and Southampton, and we it was probably the worst I've seen Everton team play for for a long, long time. And over that that period of the season, all the the fitness and the the players, it, it seems to mount up and just just get to them a lot. You know, when it's that spell of Boxing Day to yeah, me, yeah. when there's loads of games in in a row, and when we've when you just mentioned there about all those players, you can around that time of the season, you've got to rotate your team, yeah. you've got to keep people fresh. Exactly. So bringing them in and out of the team, giving us those options is is really encouraging. Yeah, and and you know, cleverly to come back. Yeah. Um, there's obviously Morales Morales is going to come back fresh he hasn't played international Mm. football either Uh, he's going to come in you've got the players like Oviedo you've got Mm. McGeady Pina I don't think (laughs) you're ever going to see Pina but you've got these players you know whether people like McGeady or not or whether people like Oviedo or think they can do a job Darren Gibson Darren Gibson there's players there now and you know you you do look at it and think well if we miss someone you know, they can come. Kone is Bessage. <laughs> there is, there is. Yeah. There, I mean, we haven't got many forwards. I mean, that that's that's a worry to me. But there are players who can come in this team and make a difference, and that's what's good. We're not scraping around for you know. You mentioned them before, like Sadistan and Alcaraz. There are genuine players. They all players don't have to necessarily 
play through the pain barrier or play out of position mm. or play fatigued. There can be a, a, you know, when the time comes, there can be players moved in and out the team, you know, and that that's what's really, really good. And that's what any team that goes forward tries to get the top four needs. You know, they need different, different equations, different styles mm. of playing, different ways of playing. And also people pushing each other off the pitch in training, Players there saying no, that that's not necessarily automatically your position. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that position off you. So that's really refreshing as well. Yeah, you, you mentioned you mentioned there about the, the fitness, and I think that the player that's benefited the most from that is Gareth Barry, isn't it? Because mm. last season he was playing two games a week. He was made a bit of a scapegoat. He looked sluggish, and he looked like he was he was completely past it. But this season he's getting he's getting a lot of rest. He's we not got the Europa League. And he's been a completely different player. He's he's been a miles better, miles better option for us now. So, so yeah, it's just it's about getting that balance right, isn't it? And I, I think Martinez has, has has done that well so far. And yeah, I think another positive thing for him has been has been his substitutions. He, he's he's made clever substitutions. He's made mm. proactive substitutions the last few weeks. He, he's not just thrown on centre forwards when we're chasing yeah. a goal or or thrown on a wide play. He, he's, you can see he's really thought about it, and that was that was a hallmark of his first season mm. in charge. He made made good substitutions to to get us back into games and for us to win games and in, in games against uh, Reading and, and West Brom. He, he's he's done the same again. Yeah, it's uh, it's been okay. I think it could be better. I think we should be second. Mm. So <laughs> we're on and up with Kev. We'll be united on Saturday. We're, we'll we're on and up with Kev. Right, uh, coming up in part three, we'll be looking forward to the game this weekend against Manchester United. You're listening to the Blue Room. The fans, the team, the gossip, the results. You're listening to the Blue Room on Radio City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to the Blue Room on Radio City Talk with me, Peter McPartland. I'm joined by the studio by Matt Jones for the final part of the show. It is... Looking forward to Manchester United on Saturday, mm. three o'clock kickoff. As I say, very, very unusual. Um, if Everton beat Man United, they go above them. They go into. They could go into third place. That would be nice. Um, incentive, isn't it? Brilliant. That's all you need, isn't it? That's mm. that. And I've, I, you know, I know we beat them last season comfortably, and we beat them the season before, um, and the season before as well. Yes, uh, <laughs> but this season, you know, we're. we're 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 looking at it, and you just think doesn't that you know for all the money Manchester United have spent, there isn't that much between the teams, which is mm. which is really good as well because for all that money they've spent, you know you look at the two teams and you think if there's a combined eleven, you know a lot of Everton players could get in there. Oh yeah, without doubt, I think our starting eleven on paper when it when it all performs is is, is right up there with the, with the top in the league and. They're a funny side, United, aren't they? They're really tough to predict. They they went through that spell early in the season when they they were poor, and then when Martial came in, they seemed to be rejuvenated mm-hmm. and and had a, a lot more about them going forward. And, and the last couple of games, they kind of they kind of slumped back into that slow, ponderous passing, mm-hmm. not really not really doing much. And I think what's important for us in this game, and it's it's something that we touched upon earlier in the show. Um, we need to start well because what what they've done in, in games and when they've been at the best is they've they've kind of they kind of sucked the life out of it early on and just kept the ball, mm. ground the other team down and, and work their way into matches late on in, in games. And if you look at how Arsenal approached it, um, you know they've they've got much much better attacking players than us. But they were on it from the yeah. off. They were going forward. They were they were being creative in the play and they just couldn't cope with it. And Small and and Blind have been. Revered really as as a mm. as a back four, but as 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 a, a centre back pairing. Yeah. But I'm not convinced no. at all about them still. They've, I mean, it's weird because there's not been nothing fancy about them, 
but they've they've had a good start. You know, a couple of weeks ago they were top of the league. You know, and um, obviously heavy defeated against Arsenal. Um, but there isn't there doesn't really seem to be anything sort of flashy about them. I know Martial's come in and he looks looks a really good player. And obviously they've got a uh, Memphis Depay Qu- hasn't quite settled into Premier League life yet. But you look at you know I don't I don't I I, I don't see sort of that much to fear in the sort of the old fashioned Man United way. There's no they say, they don't scare me. There's no fear no. factor. Um, they've bought well. You know Schneidlin, um I think he's a top player. He's, he's, not, he's been in our team. Yeah, has. It's exactly. Been weird, hasn't it? He yeah. hasn't let him settle. Yeah. I mean, Schweinsteiger, I think they bought two two years too late. Mm. And I think that's why Bayern Munich were happy to sell him. You know, Rooney seems to be off the pace. I don't know if you, he'd even be fifth for Saturday. Um, but how's it going to be for him? You know, yeah. played a good one once already this season <laughs> and got like that fan thing. He's going to have to come back. Well, and... I've seen a stat saying uh, he's not scored an away home, <sighs> away goal in the Premier League for a year. And I was thinking, oh, gosh, coming back to Goodison. Uh, well, hopefully, you know. Hopefully, he's hopefully he just doesn't play. Hopefully, he's just not fit. But um, yeah, they're sort of they've ground wins out, which I I don't think is a bad thing at this stage no. of the season because you know um, you don't certainly wouldn't want to be playing well and losing. You know, mm. if you ground out wins, I mean, um, obviously a big key to that is is the hair. I mean, you seen him at Southampton a couple of weeks ago when they won three two, and some of the saves he was pulling off. And we know ourselves last season when we played the Malta. I'm still don't know how we saved Oviedo shot. It was just. It was one of the most incredible saves I've ever seen in my life. He makes, he makes saves that if they go in, you just go. Yeah. The keeper had no chance. He's got no right to make them, but he makes he? them. Yeah. You know, he makes them. And um, I know we 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 can be critical of Tim Howard now and again on this show, yeah. um, but when you see him and you see Tim Howard, you just I know there's a massive difference in the age, but he does make saves that he just has no right to make. Yeah, it's, it was a massive boost for them keeping him, wasn't it? You know, the, the whole transfer window and the way it the way it panned out was ridiculous, really, wasn't it? <laughs> Real Madrid waiting to the last day of the window to try and sign him. And but we mentioned about Stones before. The, these players, they they just want to play, don't they? They're not going to sit in sulk all season. They're not going to no. think, "Oh, I didn't get me move. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to play for this team." Again, and th- again, Matt, that is something that is made up by. Or, or other pros or it's, other ex pros or it, it is just the players. It's a myth, isn't it? it is a myth. I've yeah. said, I said this at the beginning of the season. It's a myth created by people who want to see players move around. It, it's a myth. It's not. It doesn't really exist. Nobody is gonna. No, nobody is gonna is gonna risk their career when they've only got. Ten, let's say you know the average player's got ten years at the very top. He has two or three years coming on, and he has two or three going off. Yeah. At best, they only have ten years at the very. Best. Why would they waste one of those years sulking when they may never even get it back? Yeah, and why, why would United be you know so principled to say, oh, you you wanted to leave, we're not, <laughs> yeah. not going to play you. He's one of the best goalkeepers <laughs> in the world, it's, and it, it's just ridiculous. Isn't it's it? made but, up by by pros. To get, uh, I don't even know why they do it. It's just, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. But yeah, but yeah, he, he, he's amazing, isn't he? And it's uh, <laughs> the, the way we uh, the way we finished at Swansea and we were a little bit wasteful in the mm. derby. We need to be a lot more clinical in this game if, if we're going to get stick a few yeah, past him anyway. I mean, that's, that's all. That's sort of been my biggest worry um, so far this season. Is I think we we look good at the back, but I think up front we just don't have enough. Goals, different goal scorers. I think I think that's one one of my major problems, especially in the especially in the Premier League. Just don't have enough different goal scorers, different different uh, areas of of where the goals are coming from. Um, obviously recently we've seen Delafeu to Lukaku, or you know Lukaku making things out of nothing, but we just don't seem to have enough. Um, what I'd like to see 
is Delafeu continue playing on the right because I think if he plays against Ashley Young, yeah, you know, I think he's got a good chance. I mean, Ashley Young's he's fast, but you know, he's you look at it and Luke Shaw was playing great till he got injured. I think Luke Shaw would have been um, a shoe in for going to the Euros as England's left back and might have just opened the door again for Leighton Baines. But I think that's where they are exposed. And I think if Delafeu can have a good run. Um, or maybe Lennon starting the game and, yeah. and having a good run. Do you know Adam and then Delafeu coming on? I won't be surprised if he played Morales in this game. I know he's I'm 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 not his biggest fan by any means, but in the last two games of Goodison he's played really well against United. He scored last year against them. He scored in, in Martinez's first season against them and you just wonder if he's thinking, you know, he's he's been on the sidelines for, for, for three games. Mm. He was obviously smart and when he came on yeah. at Swansea thinking just maybe give him a chance and, and just throw him on. But you know, I, I'm with you. I, I want to see Delafeu giving a run on that right hand yeah. side now because even though he wasn't great in the derby, he, he's shown against West Brom, he's shown against Redden that he's he's matured. He's he's, create, he's he's someone who can make an impact for us in those areas. So it's just going to be interesting whether he, he decides to go with with Morales or Naismith on the left. I think he might go with Morales on the left. I think he yeah. might start both of them. I think he might think I've got enough security in the back four, especially if Coleman's back. And and play Morales because like you've just said, Morales has scored twice against De Gea, hmm. and the mental side of that's huge because when you come across a good goalkeeper, there is that sort of mental side of it. You know, I, I haven't beaten this keeper. Can I beat this keeper? But hmm. Morales has got that. He knows he can beat this keeper. You know, he's he, he and and having that. I know he's fresh. He'll yeah. hopefully be hungry, be hungry and raring to go. Hopefully, he won't be as hungry as he was at Swansea, um, but. I think Morales is like that. He's got that kind of temperament where there are certain games where you do just want to throw him in. I just, I just think he likes that balance. On, mm. I don't think he likes too off of that. No, he I seems to th- like a player on the left hand side. He's gonna, he's gonna come inside and, and leave space for the left back bombing on. But, but, I, but with Galloway though, it's not. He's not necessarily got a, a player who wants to bomb in. Yeah, again though, but it, we've seen more of that from him, haven't we? The last few weeks of him getting forward and, and trying to make, make impressions in, in attacking positions, but. <sighs> I don't. I look at look at Morales, and he, he's he's a player who's made impressions in big games for us, hasn't he? When you mm-hmm. think about it, he's he scored against Chelsea, he scored against Liverpool before, he scored a couple against Manchester United. But you could say the same about Naismith. See, so. This is where I mean, we talked about it before. This is where Barkley is really, really key because if Barkley can start getting more consistency in his game and start being an all-round midfielder, then you can get away with an extra winger. Because you've yeah. got that security, you've got McCarthy, you've got you've got Barry, you know, or whatever, or you know, or Bessage or, or Gibson or whoever, whatever it is. You've got at the moment a defender in Galloway who can defend and is a good defender. And if Barkley can get more consistency as being an all round midfielder and starts to track back more and even maybe start, you know, marking people at corners, <laughs> then that would make that would make Martinez's job so much easier to um to have a left and right winger. Now, I'm not putting any blame on Ross when I say that because he is becoming more and consi- more consistent. But when he becomes a fully consistent midfielder, I think that will just open Everton up so much more and, and, and we will finally have a proper 4-3-3. Especially if, if we're going to play in the counter-attack as well, like we've done against United the last the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. On the break, you want, Naismith, sorry, you want Morales over Naismith, don't you? Because he's better picking the ball up, he's faster... He's, he's more incisive with his running. So if, if we're going to sit deep in spring and, and try and expose them on the break, he, he, Morales would be the perfect player really for that position. But 
it's it's a flip. He does make some mad team selections in games like this, Martinez, and you just wonder if he might throw might throw Morales into this one. And it's a, it's a tough one. I I, I don't know it, if he's going to go out and, and try and attack United like Arsenal did early on and, and and get stuck into them and be intense. I'd go with Naismith, but if he's if he's intent on sitting back and trying to play like we have done the last two seasons mm. against them, which has worked to be fair, and, and we have hit them on the break, then. I think he'd be better off going with Morales, but that depends on what his what his game plan is on the day. Yeah, uh, I'll leave that one to Roberto. To be honest, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not full. See, I'm not fully convinced about Manchester United as an attack and mm. threat. But at the same time, it's Manchester United, and you've mm. always got to be wary of the attack and threat they do have. It's just whether which way they play. But they've got the kind of um, offense that um, they'll want to play in the counter attack. So it, it's Could a, a delicate game. It right? will, I think. Well. You say that, it'll probably end up 4-4. Four, four. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so it'll be interesting. But I think, I definitely feel like we can win the game. We've got mm. no problem from that point. I'm not going into the game all cagey and thinking we can't get it. But it'd be great if we can get three points in this one going down to the Emirates the week after. I think that that would make um massive difference for us. Yeah, everyone could enjoy the Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff game. Yeah. <laughs> win against yeah, United for definitely, a change. Definitely. <laughs> right. Uh, that's all we've got time for on the Blue Room. Big thanks to Matt Jones for coming in. Um, thanks, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Where's everyone else? We'll be back next week. This is the Blue Room. One hour, everything Everton. Radio City Talk.